the Secret Key Podcast, Season 1, Episode 8. Hey, hey everyone, welcome back. Thanks for listening again to our series of stories. Um, today's episode is going be um, it's gonna be related to a country that I've been twice, that I enjoy a lot, and it's Japan. So today, grab your bags because we're traveling to Japan through uh, my voice. So I know it's hard to travel right now. It's almost impossible. So I'm gonna do my best and try to tell you what was my experience like in Tokyo specifically. I'm not. Uh, uh, I don't think I have enough time to talk about Japan. Like you need so much time. So. Another part of the series that I'm trying to do is uh, to talk about travels uh, to the countries that I've been, what I've learned, suggest things, you know, um, because sometimes like we haven't been to certain places. And when you listen to somebody else's experience, it's uh, it's pretty cool, you know, so you learn a lot and that invites you to to decide to go somewhere new. Right. Um, so why Japan first? <clears throat> uh, Japan was on my top three countries I wanted to visit when I was a teenager, uh, mainly because of anime. And specifically, there was one anime that influenced a lot in myself uh, to go to Japan, and that was Cardcaptor Sakura. So if you don't know very well this story, Cardcaptor Sakura was about this girl that lived in Tokyo, and uh, she opened a magic book, and she has to collect like certain cards that can let her uh, perform some spells and in that story uh, there at the very end of the of the first season or the first arc uh, she goes to the Tokyo Tower and I remember seeing that cartoon well that anime and looking at the image of the Tokyo Tower was like so impressive because I was like wow and even though the Tokyo Tower is a replica of the Eiffel Tower for those who uh, who didn't know um, I was captivated I was like I want to see it I want to be there and for so long I had that desire but uh, unfortunately my family didn't have the the money needed for me to travel to Japan and as I grew older you know like you start working and finally you you get the chance to save money and travel, right? So I was living in Texas by that time and I bought a ticket from Austin, Texas all the way to Tokyo. Now, the first tip that I'm going to tell you about is if you have the chance to pick between uh, the two airports that are in Tokyo, uh, get a, select Haneda. So Haneda is a cheaper airport or at least it was a cheaper airport when when I went like five years ago for the first time or six years ago and uh, compared to uh, Narita. Also Haneda is on the I believe south part of the city and uh, so it's less uh, it's more convenient to get to the center of Tokyo compared to like uh, Narita that it will take you about like an hour to an hour and a half depending on uh, which um, which uh, way you you want to get to the to the to the center right to downtown um so that's first tip right but let's talk about uh the the things that you have to to visit or see there right and the first one 
to me, I think it's like a must because it's very, very pretty. It's uh, the Imperial Palace Gardens. Now, for those who do not know, so you can get into the garden side of the Imperial Palace, but you cannot go into the Imperial Palace, right? Uh, however, it's free. And you can even get a free tour uh, around the gardens. The only thing you have to do is uh, you have to make a reservation online. So you go into their website and uh, you select the day that you want to, to, to get the tour. And I think they have like two or three schedules. I remember we, uh, my mom and I, when we went there, um, we took like noon, I believe. And uh, it was pretty packed, but still there was, uh, it was helpful. And when you get into the, into the tour, they'll give you an, uh, th there will be a guide that will take you around the, the, the site. But of course, if you don't know Japanese, you can grab uh, an audio, an audio guide that uh, it will be free. So it's the, the whole experience of the Imperial Palace is free and it's really worth it. Why? Because you get the chance to see the, I, would, I don't want to say the ancient type of architecture, but it might be the correct word um, of, uh, of Japan. So you get to see how... Um, organized the, the the places you know I remember walking around like those uh, those streets inside the, the palace is so pretty and it's so relaxing something that Japan has it's that you feel like you're in a different world in a good way you know uh, you feel like everything is like so so clean and organized like there's balance even though life in Tokyo might feel stressful because you can tell that people work super extra long hours you can tell that since very old times Japan had that thing figured out which was like being organized being clean being respectful of their entire environment you know or at least that's the sense that I got when I was there. Now, the other thing that I would totally suggest um, to do, uh, and I know it might be my suggestions very like touristy things and not like super unique, but I would definitely say go either to the Sky Tree or the Tokyo Tower. Now, if you have to pick one or if you're asking me which one you should pick, I would definitely tell you go for the sky tree. And here's the reason why. The Tokyo sky tree is a tower. Uh, I think it's the, the tallest tower in, in, in Tokyo at least. And uh, you'll be able to see the entire city. You, if, the, if the weather is nice, you'll get a chance to see even Mount Fuji from there. So the view is totally worth it. Now, also the Tokyo Tower has an observatory where you can see things. The only problem is that the sky tree is, is way taller. And the sky tree will offer you a better view of the city compared to the Tokyo Tower. Now, the Tokyo Tower is more 
traditional it has it it's more um yeah it has a history uh of of japan right versus the 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 sky tree is just a modern tall observatory that people will just go there to to have the view now both options are kind of pricey uh the the unique thing about for example if you pick the tokyo tower is on tuesdays and saturdays if i remember correctly you can climb the stairs of the of the tower and uh and if you climb them all the way to the observatory uh you'll get a certificate you'll you'll earn a certificate like like a prize that uh, you can have on your wallet to say like hey i actually achieved it i actually climbed uh the stairs all the way to get to the tokyo tower climbing up the stairs it's not that bad of a of a of a walk you know it's like probably five to ten minutes of uh, of climbing that now of course some people will be like oh my god that's too tiring i'll just get into the elevator and get all the way to the top uh comparing it both of them now both of them have their unique feature set because the tokyo tower has a museum or kind of like an exhibition of one piece so one piece is an anime a very very popular anime that has been running for a long time and the tokyo tower offers that so you if you're interested in one piece maybe you should go to the tokyo tower but on the sky tree the sky tree has an aquarium at the very bottom i believe or like at the very entrance uh when you get to the to the sky tree there's uh like a shopping mall built uh at the very uh, at the entrance of the tower uh where you will have unique stores and unique cafes and why am i bringing this to you because there's cafes like the kirby cafe or there was i think like a sword art online cafe by the time that i went there these theme cafes are of course based on video games or manga or anime that are popular in japan at that time and they're only featured for a couple of weeks sometimes months like three months four months so every time you go there it's different the aquarium that the that the sky tree has it's quite pretty um but i wouldn't highly recommend it it's it's quite small and it might be a little bit pricey for people to just see like probably three or four rooms that there are in inside so i would probably say that's a skip that's a hard skip you know just don't don't do it but if you have the time and money or if you're really interested and you want to see it go ahead but between the two towers if i have to pick one to go all the way to the top i would definitely say the sky tree although do visit both of them at least from the outside to see them because they're very impressive it's very very interesting what both towers can offer you know it's a it's a very unique thing also in the sky tree i remember there's a store of my neighbor totoro so it's fully dedicated to that so if you're into that uh, movie go ahead and do it um the next one that i would suggest and this one it's like a must because you see it every single time in movies or shows and people even talk about it even uh, i have read it in sometimes in novels uh 
and that will be doing the Shibuya crossing. Now you probably know the Shibuya crossing because it's that um, that crossing of uh, people. So you go from one street to the to the street that it will be in front of you, and it will be a cross, and you'll see a bunch of people just crossing at the same time. It's a thing you have to do because I guess it's very cliche, and if you're there, it wouldn't cost you too much money. Now, also in the in the Shibuya Crossing, there you will find the Hachi statue. For those who do not know, Hachi was a dog that uh, had. It was a. It's a very famous dog that, uh, according to the story, uh, a man had this dog. This guy died, and the dog was trying to go to the train station every single day to see if his master would come back. Because every day that his master would go to work, Hachi would wait. Uh, on the train station and then when his master would come back both of them will get back home so it became a, a very popular story because he died the dog was going every day until the dog passed away and because people found that symbol uh very like so like pure and and innocent like that kind of love that it's very rare to find uh they 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 did a, a statue so there's a statue of the of hachi in um in shibuya crossing now the best view of shibuya crossing if you want to take a picture and you want to have it on instagram or facebook or twitter or wherever uh so when you cross the street you'll see a starbucks so if you get to the starbucks uh the starbucks is in the second floor of the of the building in front of the crossing and um it has windows, so you'll be able to like record or take a picture of Shibuya Crossing. Now, do be mindful that that Starbucks is always packed because there's a ton of tourists and because Shibuya Crossing is full of people. There's a lot of people that work there and there's a lot of things going there. Also, uh, I forgot the, the number of this Shibuya um, building, but... Uh, there's a shopping center over there, quite famous. I feel dumb for not remembering the, the, the number. But uh, there's, a, there's a building there that has tons of clothing. So if you're in the mood of shopping, go ahead and, and do the Shibuya Crossing. Now, um, the other uh, thing that I will tell you you have to do is uh, the shrines that are around the city. But the most important one, at least in my view, is Asakusa. So Asakusa has Sensoji. Uh, Asakusa would be like the, the main area. And Sensoji would be the temple inside of that area. Uh, now, Sensoji is just crazy pretty. It's so big and it's red. It's colorful. It has a it has a specific vibe that I cannot describe. It's so, so crazy. You feel so much in peace. Even though there's a lot of people, just the fact of going in and seeing it with your eyes, it's just crazy. Because I think that's 
how so many people imagine Asia in general about those uh, those temples, those shrines, that architecture. Uh, it's so crazy. And in Sensoji, there's a street before going into the uh, into the temple. Like when you cross the gate, uh, you go into like a pathway, and then at the very end of the path, you'll see the temple. In the middle of the path, there will be a ton of stores where you can rent kimonos, you can buy amulets, you can buy uh, keychains, souvenirs of all kinds, colors, flavors, and it's just crazy. That's where you lose your money, to be quite honest, because you start buying so much stuff there because they sell you the amulet for like good luck or to have great health that year or to make more money that year. And that would be something that I think people should do in in Japan. Try those things, like the good luck uh, charms and that that kind of stuff. Because even though if you don't believe in those things, it's it's something that will bring you a good memory. Like I bought mines like I said, probably five, six years ago, and I still carry them every day in my backpack. And when I'm like looking out for my keys or I don't know, like something on my backpack and I find those, I, I always like feel like I'm there. And I remember the moment I, I buy those things and I'm like, wow. And maybe it's just like my mind playing tricks of like, oh, you're going to have good health, you know? But Maybe sometimes that's what you need, you know, like to feel good with yourself and know that things are going to be good. You know, it doesn't mean that you have to to believe like, oh, I'm going to be rich tomorrow. No, no, no. But appreciate the things that you have. And even if you're not rich in that moment, maybe you're rich spiritually talking or in some form of way. Right. So I would definitely tell you to do that. And there will be a bunch of girls in that temple that they will be like wearing the kimono and people will be like taking pictures with them because I guess they're also tourists. And when you see somebody in a kimono in Japan, you're like, oh my God, I want to like blend with the culture. And probably the people, like the probably the Japanese look at the tourists and be like, no, you're not blending up with the culture. You know, you're you're being dumb because you're just a tourist taking a picture with another tourist. So, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're not 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 everyone that is wearing a kimono in that area is just a tourist, right? So, I would definitely tell you to do that thing. Now, for the nerds out there, for all those people that are geek that are into anime, video games, comics. Uh, definitely you have to do Akihabara. So Akihabara is, uh, is, a, is a section of Tokyo that has, um, that has like all the maid cafes, has all these stores dedicated to just figures and collectibles related to, to anime and video games. And it's quite crazy because if you probably think there's something like a toy that you specifically want and you think it may not exist, go to Akihabara because that's where you'll find it. 
probably that's where you're going to get it. There's so many crazy things. And you see so many theme things. From Final Fantasy Cafe to um, Dragon Ball Cafe. Like you see so many things there. And I gotta admit, that's where I that's where I spent most of my money when I was there. Because I was seeing all these figures and like collectibles and even it's just dumb things, you know? Sometimes it's just like a keychain of like I don't know, a special a special Pokemon or a special Dragon Ball character that came out two years ago and they have it and you're like, oh I gotta buy it. Because those things you cannot find them on this side of the world not even in america or europe you have to go to asia so it's it's quite crazy i'll definitely say you have to do it related to the maid cafes i'm not too sure and for those who do not know what a maid cafe is in a short story uh they're basically small cafes slash restaurants where everything is served by women that are dressed in French made costumes. Now, when you go in, they ring a bell. Well, at least in my experience, when I only went to one, but uh, I they they ring a bell and they said all the women, like all the waitresses, at the same time said something to us, which was kind of translated like "Welcome, master, to our shrine." And I kind of felt weird because it's this role play thing where they are these childish, naive women serving the people that go there. Most of the people, probably a 95% are men and they go from like their late 30s to their like early 50s. So it's kind of weird and... You can take pictures with them only if you paid for that. Because uh, sometimes people would be taking pictures of the mates, and but not in appropriate ways, right? So in order for for them to protect the, the girls that work there, uh, what they do is like, oh, if you want to have a picture, sure, you have to eat and pay an extra cost to take a picture with the maid. Um... I kind of feel weird on that one. I know Japanese in that sense. There's women that really, really uh, aspire to get uh, into that into that scene because they they see it as a cool thing. Probably my vision from like the other side of the world was kind of uncomfortable, but I guess that's that's part of like traveling, right? to see and understand different cultures. Whatever for them is normal or good might not be good for you. And the same the other way around, right? So there's that. And the last thing that comes to my mind that it's like the of the major things you have to do in Japan is go to Mount Fuji. Now, to get to Mount Fuji from uh, Tokyo, you can take a bus from Shinjuku Station and uh, it will take you to... There's multiple stops. The two last stops are... Uh, the the second from last would be uh, the theme park. I think it's called... Uh, oh my god, I forgot it. I think it's like 
Q Park, uh, which is a theme park, and um, they they do they there there's this there's this theme park with so many roller coasters around, and uh, you would be able to see Mount Fuji from there, or you can get to the small town at the very last stop that um, that serves as a tourist center. Now, over there, there's a lot of onsens, restaurants, and a couple of um, uh, of few activities there, which goes from, like, just walking in the... doing some trailing around Mount Fuji uh, to... there's, I think, uh, a zip line over there. So there's multiple things to do. Now, in that village, that small town, is very different from Tokyo. And that's the reason why I would tell you go to that village at the very end of the of the route from the bus because that's where you'll be able to see the two contrast of Tokyo. Tokyo of sorry, not Tokyo, Japan. Uh, Tokyo is a very modern, super fast-paced, stressful city. And when you go to that small village, that village does have that vibe of really slow paced, it's a, a much higher contrast. There's not so many public transportation around. People, like I remember stores open, I think like around noon or 1 p.m. So it's very different, the lifestyle. And when you go and see it, it's quite impressive. And why am I telling you this contrast? Uh, because if you have seen this movie called Your Name in... Uh, in English, that's the name, your name. Uh, in that movie, they show you like Tokyo and then they show you uh, like a contrast of like the rural er- uh, area of Japan. And let me tell you that it is very like the way the movie portrays it. When you go to Japan and you rewatch that movie, it's crazy because you're like, wow, they really did a great job at portraying how Japan looks. You know, so that's a very cool thing. Now, before I wrap up this this uh, episode, I gotta give you some tips about Japan. Number one, Japan. When you get uh, out of the like of your of the airplane, well, of your gate, and you're going into the city, you can rent uh, Wi-Fi hotspots uh, that are portable. So if your data plan in your of your cell phone does not work in in Japan, you can get one of those and it's very cheap. It's quite convenient because you're going to need it. If you're going to Japan and you need to find for a direction and you ask Japanese, just be aware that Japanese will not speak English or the language that you speak. Uh, and they're they're not doing it because they're disrespectful. Normally, and from what I've talked to some Japanese friends, they don't like talking in English because they feel they they may not pronunciate correctly the words, so they may struggle with those things, and they're like, oh, I don't want to do it, you know. But that doesn't mean that they won't help you. To the contrary, they're extremely helpful people. They will almost grab you by your hand and take you all the way to wherever you need to go. They are extremely honest. You can leave your bag in the train, 
in the restaurant so like you can forget things and if you come back and you look for your things they'll be there they are extremely honest that's something that i admire a lot from japan so i definitely definitely will tell you that's amazing and the other thing that i will tell you about japan is you have to carry cash it's very rare the case of places that do accept credit card i was watching the other day um somebody that went to osaka to universal studios and even in universal studios he was paying in cash i'm not too sure about why do they do it i've heard stories that people are not used to the credit card um, transactions in Japan. I've also heard that people like carrying money because it makes them feel like they're wealthy. For me, it was annoying because I nowadays I always pay with a card, at least here in Spain and in the US. And carrying all these bills and those notes on your wallet, it's sometimes hard. So just be mindful that very few places will accept card uh, you can ask them do you accept card and they'll probably say no card or it's okay and uh, if it's okay you're good if not you will have to get money uh, if you need to grab cash there's these convenience stores the 7-eleven where there'll be an atm and uh, you can get some money there of course be mindful there's going to be some commission fee it's not too high compared to if you go to an atm of a japanese bank but there's still going to be some fee so those are the main things you have to be very mindful of it now i'll tell you oh and there's one another tip um if you go into the metro like the subway in uh in tokyo Everybody is quiet, and if you start talking, there's like this unspoken rule that when you go into the train, you have to be quiet. And foreigners don't do that, right? Like you start like yelling and you start talking, and they get annoyed and they will look at you. They'll know you're a tourist, of course, because you're not speaking their language. But in some form of way, it's disrespectful to them. So be mindful of those things. Because you are now in their homeland, right? And you don't want them to make them feel bad. So whenever you travel, try to learn those things. Try to learn more about the culture, what's good, what's wrong, and try to respect that. Because like I said, maybe in your country it's fine, but somebody else's country is not. And we have to find a common ground, right? A middle ground. So, yeah, those are my recommendations this week for if you plan to travel to Japan in the future, of course, that you have to do those things, even if they're too touristy, do them, because it's worth it. It really is worth it. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I know it was very different, but I still wanted to share with you some of my experiences when traveling, you know and remember please follow us on instagram skp underscore podcast we're gonna do a giveaway once we reach a hundred uh followers so i really appreciate you guys are still with us thank you so much 
and I hope to see you in the next one. Bye.